Good morning, everyone. I am Laura Ellsworth, welcoming you to the Prairie Dock radio program. I'm filling in today for Joan Hogan, and we are going to spend some time today talking about the medical topics of interest to you. I know many of us are thinking about coronavirus, um, so that is certainly on our mind. But if you have other questions, too, feel free to give us a call. You can give us a call at 605-692-1430. 605-692-1430. With us today in the studio is Dr. Deb Johnston. Dr. Johnston's specialty is family medicine, and she practices with the Avera Medical Group Brookings and the Brookings Health System. Good morning, Dr. Johnston. Good morning. It's great to be here with everybody today. Thank you. We're grateful to have you serving as one of the doctors committed to continuing the mission of the Healing Words Foundation and the Prairie Doc Programs. And I would like to take a moment to update all of our listeners on our Prairie Doc programming this week. Hopefully you'll have a chance to read Dr. Andrew Ellsworth's Prairie Doc essay on the coronavirus in one of more than 120 newspapers throughout the region, or you will find it on the Prairie Doc website. And there will be a new live Prairie Doc television show on Thursday night on South Dakota Public Broadcasting at 7 o'clock Central Time. Prairie Doc host Dr. Andrew Ellsworth and guest Dr. Nazir, an Avera Medical Group infectious disease specialist, will take questions about COVID-19 and the disease caused by the new strain of coronavirus. So again, that's um, Thursday night at 7 o'clock Central Time on South Dakota Public Broadcasting Television. And uh, we're really excited that that show kind of came together i believe uh there was not supposed to be a live show no. on thursday and this was a very last minute thing and i i think that this is just a really great example of this wonderful mission that dr holm dr richard holm the creator and originator of both the tv show and the radio show here has uh, has started. Um, the b- ability to get out good information uh, from local resources, a little more responsive to what's going on right here in South Dakota. Uh, this is, uh, you know, the show was just kind of made for this sort of situation. So I'm really glad it's there. And I'm, it takes a lot of work to pull that show together. And there's a lot of people working behind the scenes to make it happen and, and to get the information there for people to see. So I would definitely encourage all of our listeners uh, to reach out and uh, watch the show tomorrow night. Yes, absolutely. And we're going to dive in a little bit here now on the radio show. Happy to have time to do that with you, Dr. Johnston. Um, could you give us just kind of an update? We've we've been talking about coronavirus now. This is my third week here yeah. talking about it. And it's amazing how the the tone and the discussion has evolved each week. Each week. Yeah. So let's talk. So I think last week we had just had the first confirmed cases in South Dakota when we were meeting here with Dr. Cruz and talking about it now. So now we're kind of a week into it being in South Dakota. We've had school cancellations, things like that. Tell us a little bit about what you're seeing now and what the situation is now. So I think what we're seeing now is that we're we're starting up that exponential um exponential spread phase Mm -hmm. of this and this is what's really scary about this virus is that every quote-unquote generation of the virus uh, 
it increases by a factor of two or three. So we currently think that every infected person can spread the virus to two or three other people. So it takes about five days on average. There's quite a range. It can take a lot longer than that, but about five days on average from the time you're infected until the time you start having symptoms. But we think you can spread the virus before you know you're sick. And we know that there are people out there who are carrying the virus and having minimal, if any, symptoms. So that's the really scary thing about this. You can feel perfectly well and still be infected and still be passing it along to other people. So although the majority of cases of this virus are quote-unquote milds, which you know, mild in this definition means you don't need to be in the hospital. It doesn't mean you don't feel horrible at home. Um, the majority of the cases of this illness are quote-unquote mild. There's a significant percentage of people that will end up in the hospital. There's a significant percentage of people that will end up needing to be in the intensive care unit and on ventilators. And um, when we have this exponential spread, the number of these people can explode and that can rapidly overwhelm the resources that we have available. So since we are starting to see community spread in more places around the country, this morning they added Illinois to the list of states where um, if you have been in Illinois and you have gotten sick, uh, that quali potentially qualifies you for testing for COVID-19. Um, so that's now four states in the country that have extensive spread, and I, we're just going to add to that number. We have not documented community spread yet here in South Dakota, and yet we also have not had the ability to test widely. We're only testing the people that are at highest risk for infection for complications of the infection, who have a potential exposure history, uh, and who have symptoms right now. They're loosening that up just a little bit, but we're still a very long ways from anybody being able to get tested. Okay. Well, let's, um, we're going to take our first break. And so this is an opportunity for our listeners to give us a call um, with your questions regarding this topic. And uh, we'll dive more into testing and all of that when we return after these messages. By living a healthy lifestyle, you can lower your risk for heart disease and heart attack. A healthy lifestyle includes the following. Eating a healthy diet, maintaining a healthy weight, getting enough physical activity, not smoking or using other forms of tobacco, and limiting alcohol use. All the providers at the Avera Medical Group Brookings hope you will follow these guidelines. For more information on a healthy heart, speak with your provider at 697-9500. Welcome back to the Prairie Doc Radio Program. I am Laura Ellsworth, filling in for Joan Hogan. Dr. Johnston is here with us to discuss um, the coronavirus and COVID-19. And if you have questions, give us a call at 605-692-1430. Uh, before our break, we were talking about um, kind of how things have changed and become more intense in this last week. Um, could you talk to us a little bit more about social distancing and why is that important? We're hearing a lot about it. We're hearing a lot about it and um, it is incredibly important because if I don't come close to you, 
I can't give you the virus that I carry. So staying um, isolated at home, staying away from unnecessary social contact, if you have to be out in public, making sure that you're at least three feet away from that person. I actually like to suggest, you know, if the two of you could reach out your hands and touch each other's fingertips, you're too close. So that's just kind of an estimation um, to, to give you a little bit of an idea of that. Uh, the schools are closed, which is wonderful. Um, daycares, some of them, you know, people still have to go to work. But if you can stay home, that's really important. Keep the kids home. This isn't summer vacation where they can get to go out and play with their friends or go to the mall or do whatever it is that teenagers and kids like to do today. Um, Social isolation, social distancing means that only the family is in and out of the house. You can go outside, you can go in the yard, you can go for a walk, but you need to maintain that distance from other people. This is a great time to get a gift certificate to your hair salon and, and cancel your haircut appointment. Mm -hmm. um, same thing for your massage, your nails, your, your dental visit, all of those kinds of things need to be postponed. That brings up another talking about postponing things. Um, I think anyone who has an elective surgery scheduled in the near future needs to expect that's probably going to be postponed. Mm -hmm. uh, what do I mean by elective? I mean anything that it doesn't risk your, your health, your life to delay this surgery. So I was supposed to have carpal tunnel surgery tomorrow. Uh, That's not going to happen. Mm -hmm. um, knee replacements, cataract surgeries, all of those things are probably going to be put on hold until this crisis is over. A, because the more people that go in and out of the healthcare setting, the more potential for them to be exposed, for them to expose healthcare workers. B, because we've got a real shortage of protective equipment. So if my surgeon needs to gown up and wear their mask and their gloves and their, their goggles and, and their gown, that's one less set of equipment that's going to be available for someone who's taking care of somebody sick with COVID-19 on a ventilator. And that's a really fascinating topic. I think most of us who aren't in the medical field don't even realize how how that those resources with the mask and the gowns and all of that are limited they're very limited they're and very limited yeah a, a lot of um a lot of healthcare systems around the country are down to to a limited number of days of supplies some of them are even running out pretty much everyone is rationing so those of you that uh, were kind of had good foresight and saw this outbreak and said hey I'm going to stock up on masks and I'm going to stock up on all these kinds of things your healthcare systems could really use those things right now hmm. so think yeah. about think about passing them along to somebody whose need is a lot greater than yours Yes, and we do have um, information regarding Brookings Health System. Um, they are restricting hospital visitors to immediate family only and only one visitor per patient at a time. So, And I think that you're going to see that across the country and places that have not instituted that policy yet are going to be soon. There's going to be um, situations that are even more strict. So I know some, some places around the country uh, and I, I can't say if that's here in South Dakota yet, but I would be a little surprised if it's not in the immediate future if it isn't yet. 
people that are being treated for the COVID-19 infection, uh, no visitors, mm-hmm. period. Um, so we need to be expecting more and more restrictions on that. Uh, nursing homes, most of the nursing homes in the state have shut down and are not allowing any visitors. Uh, prisons, you know, talk about vulnerable populations. In prisons and nursing homes, people are, you know, right on top of each other. And if one of them gets it, it's going to spread to a lot of other people and and a lot of both of those populations are high risk for complications high risk for death from the the virus so i think it's really important that we take these measures even though it's very painful for everybody involved right so that is the policy here in brookings too for our nursing homes is no visitors no visitors correct yeah, Correct. which is, is heartbreaking. I've seen some posts about that, but everyone understands how important it is, um, but it is yeah. heartbreaking too. Absolutely. It's, it's heartbreaking mm-hmm. for everybody. It's heartbreaking for the patients that don't get to see their family, and mm-hmm. it's heartbreaking for the families who, who don't get to see their loved one. But um, I think everybody does understand that if they bring it in, then it's not only their loved one who could end up dying but it's all of the other residents in that nursing home so it's just not worth it right right um let's talk a little bit about testing um so here in brookings um and in many places the if someone's experiencing symptoms what's the first step the first step is to call in Uh, avera has a system-wide phone number um it ends with Adavera, but I'm embarrassed to say I can't remember the whole number, uh, where you can call in and they will walk you through the screening process about what symptoms you have, what potential exposures you have, what your risk may be for severe disease if indeed you do get tested. Um, you can also contact your own provider here at the, at the clinic here at Avera. We will do that same kind of screening. And then it will be decided whether you qualify for testing or not based on your symptoms, your potential exposures, and your own personal health status. So um, please understand it's not that we don't want to test everybody. I would love to test everybody in Brookings, just set up a tent on <laughs> on Main Street and, and everybody drive by and get their test. We just don't have the tests. The state does not have the capacity to run those kinds of tests. They have to ration those tests for the people that are at the very highest risk um, of ending up really sick where we need to know what they have in order to treat them effectively. So so um, right now it's very limited testing. Yes. We are hoping, do you see hope for having more tests in the somewhat near future or what do you? Um, you know, I think that that is such a fluid ever-changing situation that it's really hard to say. I know Avera is trying very hard to develop their own tests that they can do in-house. I'm sure Sanford is is doing the same thing. There's a lot of kind of private labs around the country, but they are also out of reagents, so they they can't run the test. So we've had, we've not been able to outsource any of that beyond what the Department of Health can do. And that's probably been our biggest failing in managing this pandemic is we have not been able to have the testing that we really need to have been doing all along. So yeah. that's, it's still a, a dynamic situation. It's ever changing. Don't be afraid to contact um, the health department call that Avera number and find out um, if you can get tested if you think that you're symptomatic. And then if someone is um, told to come on in for the test, 
Um, could you explain what that looks like right now? I think uh, you, the clinic's being very creative in trying to yep. meet people's needs without spreading the virus. Yes. So can you talk a little about that? The, the clinic here in Brookings was uh, one of the first places in the state to set this up, and other places are following suit. We were just able to be a little more um, nimble with it. So we currently have a process where if you have kind of qualified for testing, um, you will get a time slot and uh, it's usually between 1, 1, 1.30 and 3 or so. And that is to give us time to get the test to the state uh, afterwards in the hopes of, of getting that started uh, in terms of actually running the test. But you'll be given a time and you'll drive up and we'll have a physician out there in kind of full garb. Uh, again, this also helps us limit the n- amount of protective equipment that we need to use because we'll have one person in one set per testing session. Um, You'll check in, you'll be verified that you are the person that we're supposed to be testing. We'll verify are we supposed to be doing the COVID-19 testing influenza testing or both and then you'll get a swab and that swab um, isn't a pleasant experience uh, but it's you know compared to a lot of the things we do to people in healthcare, really not so bad uh, it is a uh, looks kind of like a big q-tip um, not big in terms of the diameter but in terms of the length uh, that goes way back deep in your nose so it goes Mm. almost back to where your ear would be so it goes very far back in your nose uh, and both sides so that we can absorb the secretions where the virus is and then we will take that swab and and get it tested Uh, the process probably takes you know uh, less than a minute um, mm-hmm. to do both sides. But like I say, it's it's not a great deal of fun for people. Unpleasant, but short. Unpleasant, <laughs> so, but short. Yes. Uh, and then you will be asked to, you know, continue kind of quarantining at home. And that is the uh, most extreme end of social distancing until we know what your test results are. Okay. And so the test then is mail or sent the test is sent by courier uh, onto the state health department Uh, right now at some point we're hoping to be able to to do it in Sioux Falls which will make it a lot easier if uh, the test is for influenza that's done right here and at the Avera clinic Uh, if the test is for both influenza and the COVID-19 virus uh, we will do the influenza test here and then send it the solution on to the state to be further tested for COVID-19. Got it. Thanks for explaining that. We hear a lot about how testing is somewhat tricky and difficult, but I was curious kind of about the logistics of all of that. Um, It's time for us to take our next break. Uh, We did have a couple of questions come in, so we'll be answering those after the break. And if you have questions, please give us a call at 605-692-1430. The American Academy of Pediatrics has issued media guidelines for preschoolers that are helpful for parents and grandparents. Under the age of two, media should be very limited and only used when adults are standing by to co-view, talk, and teach. For example, video chatting with family along with their parents. For children 18 to 24 months, if you want to introduce digital media, choose high quality programming and use media together with your child. 
For children aged 2 to 5, limit screen time to no more than one hour per day. Find other activities for your children to do that are healthy for their bodies and mind. Choose media that is interactive, nonviolent, educational, and pro-social. If you have questions about social media for children, speak with your primary care provider at the Avera Medical Group, Brookings, 697-9500. Welcome back to the Prairie Doc Radio Program. I am Laura Ellsworth, filling in for Joan Hogan, and Dr. Johnston is here with us, giving us excellent information regarding coronavirus and COVID-19. If you have questions, give us a call at 605-692-1430. We've had a couple questions come in. Um, This one says, um, could sending letters or cards... Wondering about sending letters or cards, can the COVID-19 be transferred through paper? That is a really, really good question. Um, There's a lot of of interest on what can COVID-19 live on, how long can it live on surfaces, how long can it be kind of viable in the air. Um, The answer to that is not entirely known. Uh, I would say it is possible, but a soft, porous surface like paper, it's going to not last as long as it will on a hard surface. I guess it's not, I would not hesitate to send a letter at this time. I'll Mm -hmm. be very vigilant looking for new information. I wouldn't hesitate to send letters or cards. uh, But having said that, email and telephone calls and FaceTime might be uh, safer for all involved. I would um, just like to kind of touch on we're kind of using COVID-19 and coronavirus interchangeably, uh, which is not entirely fair. Um, The COVID-19 is actually what we call the illness that is caused by this novel novel, uh, coronavirus. So we're using them interchangeably, but there really is a, a technical distinction between them. So the coronavirus is the virus in general. And then if you become sick, then you have? Have COVID-19. Okay. Yes. All right. And there's a, a name for the coronavirus. Um, I think it's SARS coronavirus 2019 is what they're calling it. Uh, just kind of describing the virus in a more technical sense. Okay. So Very good. All because right. there are several strains of coronavirus. Um, we've The common cold is often caused by one of those well-known strains of coronavirus. This is new and different and more dangerous. Okay, very good. Another question came in. It says, um, our son has influenza for two weeks. Um, a neighbor's doctor said nothing can be done or given to him. He just needs to rest. Is there anything that can be prescribed to him? Sadly, no. Okay. Um, influenza is a, is a nasty disease, um, and it is not something that we have any specific treatment for, with the exception that um, some people can be treated with an antiviral medicine if we get to you soon enough. So we like to start that antiviral within 48 hours of the onset of symptoms. After that, it does not seem to to be very beneficial. We'll sometimes use it in people that are sick enough to be hospitalized, uh, but for the general public, no. Um, The good news is that he's probably at the end of this. Uh, He may be very tired for a while longer. 
if he seems to be getting more short of breath, uh, running more fevers, just seeming to be getting sicker again, one of the reasons that influenza is so dangerous is that it really knocks down a person's defenses and makes it easy for them to get a sinus infection or an ear infection or pneumonia afterwards. So it's not unreasonable to have him checked out again, but the answer may very well just be he needs time. He's got to fight this off on his own. That does bring up a really good point, though. If you have not gotten your flu shot, go get it. You really need to, not only for you, but especially for everybody else in the community, and especially for me (laughs) and Dr. Holm and my hospital, because influenza ends a lot of people up in the hospital. Those people are going to be using resources that we are going to need for the COVID-19 people. So even if you do not need your flu shot, even if you are perfectly healthy, even if you have never gotten your flu shot, even if you got your flu shot once and you think it made you sick, I don't care. (laughs) Go get your flu shot. It is a community necessity right now. Please, please, please. I know everybody's heard me talking endlessly on this program about (laughs) immunizations. This is the time when we all need to step up and we all need to do everything we can to protect ourselves and everybody else from these infections. Save those resources at the hospital for the people who have the COVID-19 that are going to die without those resources. And are we still seeing influenza in the community? We are still seeing influenza in the community. We are still seeing positive influenza tests. We've shifted. We're seeing more A now and less B. Early in the season, we saw mostly B. Uh, Now we're up to just overall this season. It's been a little bit more A than B here in South Dakota. Um, But we're definitely still seeing it. It takes about two weeks for the shot to kick in. Um, So ideally, you would have gotten it two weeks ago. But if you didn't, go get it now, please. Go get it. Absolutely. Um, Another question came in. uh, If we get the virus, can we get it again once we have recovered? Um, That is also a topic of a lot of debate and interest and uh, discussion and the answer really seems to be we don't really know yet. Okay. Um, it is certainly possible. Um, there have been reports. It's such a new virus, it would be hard to say, you know, yeah, you have immunity for, for three months, you have immunity for three years, you, you know, you, you're partially protected. We just don't know the answer to that. Um, I think we need to make the assumption that it's possible because we know that other viruses act that way. Um, so, for example, the, the classic example uh, would be respiratory syncytial virus, RSV. And any parent is probably very aware of this virus because it tends to land a lot of little people in the hospital. Um, we can get RSV over and over again in the course of our lives, but the first time we get it is when it tends to be the most dangerous. Um, So I think at this point, uh, it's from my perspective, this is Dr. Johnston's opinion, Mm -hmm. not a medical society opinion. Uh, I think it's safest to assume that it probably is something that you can get reinfected with. Okay. Um, But there's reason to hope that even if that's the case, uh, it won't be as bad the second time it goes through. Okay. All right. Well, we're going to take our final break. If you have any additional questions, give us a call at 605-692-1430. 
Millions of people in the United States are not getting screened for colorectal cancer as recommended. They are missing the chance to prevent colorectal cancer or to find it early when treatment often leads to a cure. The vast majority of new cases of colorectal cancer, about 90%, occur in people who are 50 or older. The U.S. Preventative Services Task Force recommends screening beginning at age 50. If you think you may be at increased risk for colorectal cancer, learn your family history and ask your doctor if you should begin screening before age 50. Talk with your provider at the Avera Medical Group Brookings, 697-9500. Welcome back to the Prairie Doc radio program. I am Laura Ellsworth filling in for Joan Hogan. Dr. Johnston is here giving us excellent information on coronavirus and COVID-19. Um, speaking of great information and accurate information, there's been a lot of bad information that's been out circulating as well. There has been a lot of bad information. And I think, you know, there's this sense of powerlessness that we all have uh, with this virus staring at us. So people are stressed, people are anxious. Um, it's easy to turn to a lot of bad information out there and just feel like you've got some control over things. Um, Please be very careful of what you read on Facebook, uh, what you read on any kind of social media. Even some of the larger news organizations don't always have it together. Uh, the World Health Organization, the Centers for Disease Control, those are two very reliable sources of up-to-date information. Avera has a site. I imagine that, that Sanford would have a site, too, and you can rely on the information that you see there. Um, but you know, things that go around like, oh, if you can hold your breath uh, for a certain amount of time, if you can count to 10 in a single breath, if you can do X, Y, Z, then you don't have coronavirus. Uh, if you uh, drink warm salt water every 15 minutes, there's all <laughs> kinds of, of things out there that are just not true. So be very careful reading those kinds of things and be especially careful sharing those kinds of things. Um, if you are needing help to get through this, uh, this is a very stressful time for a lot of people. Um, there's a lot of people out there whose finances have been thrown into um, into disarray, who are really worried about whether they're going to, to pay their rent or feed their children. Um, it, and there's just a lot of reasons to be stressed right now. Reach out, um, reach out to pastors, reach out to healthcare providers, um, reach out to friends, get support. Uh, we are all going to need support to get through this, and we're all in this together. Yeah, a lot of people facing a lot of difficult decisions in um, beyond our health, uh, yes. economic, how to care for our families, um, all of that. So, yeah, excellent point to reach out. Um, use the phone, use the internet, use the phone. That's right. reach out <laughs> from a distance, um, but keep your mental health. Think about your yes. mental health as Think well. Think about your mental health. Um, you know, there's a lot of, of meditation apps out there, relaxation techniques apps that can be very useful. Uh, you can still go outside and go for a walk. Um, those things are very good for your mental health. Be sure that you're eating as well as you can, getting enough sleep, um, you know, journaling can be very helpful for people uh, and I think will be very interesting to our descendants to read what it was
was really like to go through this epidemic. So right. um, do well, what you need to take care of yourself. Well, we will, the Prairie Doc will be continuing this conversation through their television program uh, t- tomorrow night at 7 p.m. on South Dakota Public Broadcasting Television. So please tune in um, tomorrow night on SDPB Television, and we'll be hearing from Dr. Nazir um, more information about COVID-19. Uh, We hope you've enjoyed our Prairie Doc radio program and we'll listen again for the Prairie Doc brought to you by the Invera Medical Group Brookings. Please follow the Prairie Doc on Facebook and YouTube for free and easy access to the entire Prairie Doc library. As always, you can hear and see more from the Prairie Doc online at prairiedoc.org. Thank you, Dr. Johnston, for joining us today and sharing this information with us. That's all until next week. And as Dr. Holm would say, stay healthy out there, people.